Hey everyone, and welcome to the Darkcast. I'm your host, Jonathan, and this is DCI number 109. In this episode, I'm joined by Brian as we talk to Osama Dorius of Magic Pants. Magic Pants just recently released their first game, Heroes Never Lose, Professor Puzzler's Perplexing Ploy, on Steam Early Access. It is a puzzle fighter kind of game where it's Dr. Mario and Tetris meets Street Fighter with a superhero twist. So we hope you enjoy this episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to find out more about Darkstation or links to the game on Steam, then check out the show notes to this episode on darkstation.com. Thank you so much for listening. Now on with the show. All right, well, Osama, thank you so much for joining us on the, the Dark Cast. How are you doing? I'm on top of the world. Fantastic. Fantastic. That's good to hear. <laughs> thank that is you. good to hear. Well, um, we are here to talk about Heroes Never Lose, um, which I don't know if always, is always true. It's a great sentiment, but I don't know <laughs> if that's always the case. Um, but before we get into the game itself, let's talk a little bit about who you are and, uh, and, and what you do. Of course. Well, I live in Montreal, Canada, so I'm Canadian. Um, I've actually got, I used to study political science, um, and I worked as a shipping agent for a company called Inchcape, and I didn't really like that. I used to do customs paperwork for ships, so going on ships, meeting captains was great, but I was, I kind of grew bored of that, so I fell back on what I loved, which was, uh, graphic and web design and from there I learned Flash from that I made a portfolio then I applied to be a game designer at a local company called Gameloft Um, I got the job and uh, I started off as just a generalist game designer and then slowly I became a narrative designer and I worked on their flagship title Dungeon Hunter I'm not sure if you've heard of it but it kind of looks like Diablo a little bit but for iPhones Um, and I worked on that as a narrative designer for about three years and then I left. I, I moved on to other things. I used to also teach at uh, Dawson College, um, which is uh, the biggest college in Quebec here, uh, in the province of Quebec. Uh, I taught game and level design, narrative design as well. And then uh, right now I actually became the coordinator of the video game programs. So um, I authored the f- world's first independent video game design program that's being taught currently at Dawson College. Um, wow. I taught it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I taught in it uh, for a while. I can send you links later if you. I don't know if you have a place to put them or not. If you're curious about it, um, but we have our second cohort running now. Our first cohort is about to uh, graduate soon, and I'll be indie developers in no time. Um, and uh, what else? I, I, I'm also the co-founder of the Montreal Independent Games Festival. We had our first iteration last year, and we're going to have our second iteration uh, next year. Uh, sorry, we had our first iteration this year. Uh, in 2015, and we're going to have our next in about March or uh, March or April uh, 2016. Um, in between this, I also have uh, a beautiful wife and three children, and uh, you know, of course, I work on Heroes Never Lose, and sometimes I sleep. <laughs> I was going to say, God, you must be tired. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I keep busy. I'm a little bit of a workaholic, so <laughs> so yeah, that's that's about it. Fantastic, fantastic. So. Was um, was programming and kind of design always a passion that you had, or it's, how did how did you kind of make that? Because that seems like an odd transition <laughs> from political science to like web design. Like that's how did that work? Um, I used to make uh, websites. I, I guess I used to fiddle around with Flash 
when I was in college, and I took on the odd job while I was studying mm. uh, to make websites for different people. Um, eventually, I started making a little Flash game, but I was always part of the modding scene. I used to make maps for Unreal Tournament and for Quake and for things like that. Um, but it was kind of just a hobby. And uh, so, yeah, it, it was a strange transition, I guess, if you don't live my life. But, yeah, I was studying <laughs> political science because I kind of like reading about it, but I absolutely didn't want to work in it. Um, and I did graphic design because I loved it. So it just, you know, connect the dots at one point. You're like, why don't you just do that thing I like and not the thing I think I have to do, you know? Sure. <laughs> that's that's fantastic. Yeah, I, in, in college I did a political science class, and I remember I got to write this really fun um, paper about um, counterterrorism and, awesome. like, counter-counterterrorism. Awesome. And it, it was, like, 10, 15 pages long, and it was a lot of fun, and my professor really liked it. And he was like, hey, you should maybe study this. And I was like, no, that was fun. I don't want to have anything else to do with this, though. <laughs> Absolutely. Actually, my favorite Nothing. class I took was on organized crime, and it was so much fun to read about all the different crime families and where they come from and how they operate differently. But, yeah, I don't think I want to do anything with them otherwise. <laughs> I want to be as, steer as far clear of them as possible. Indeed. Indeed. <laughs> Uh, that is that is awesome. Well, so you're now at Magic Pants. Uh, did you That's start right. the studio or? It's co-founded with my partner Franco. Um, okay. He he actually his day job is he works at our publisher, which is Spearhead. So okay. they were kind enough to publish his uh, and my passion project. Um, we have other team members, of course. I have plenty of, of team members who uh, who came in and helped with different uh, aspects. Because I'm the game designer. I also wear the marketing hat, the production, and things like that. And Franco is a purist programmer and like the best I know. Uh, so we have uh, my friend Hugo and my friend Phil who, who take care of the art direction and the character creation. Um, and uh, we have a whole bunch of different pixel artists like Francis and Dominique, etc., who do like the UI, the animations for the character, uh, and so forth and so on. Um, so yeah, we're, we're kind of, this is like a, a big side project of many people who give it as much time as they possibly can, but the big pieces of the puzzle are, are pretty much me and Franco. We hmm. dedicated uh, Sleepless Nights to it. <laughs> <laughs> so that's pretty much what Mag Magic Pants is. Fantastic, fantastic. So how, how long have you guys actually been working on uh, Heroes Never Lose? And is, is this your first kind of passion project, or have you have you made anything else before? Well, yes, but nothing we can show, unfortunately. Mm. Our first uh, passion project was a fighting game, actually. And mm. uh, about two years into the development of that game, we were happy with what we had, and we realized we'd never be able to finish. So <laughs> we uh, put it on hold, and we started this small project, which we expected to take about a year. Two years later, we shipped it on Steam uh, on early access. So, you know, it took <laughs> twice the time we thought, but that's still reasonable considering, you know, in between, me and Franco both had babies and just, you know, disappeared for like six to six months to a year. So if you yeah. factor that in, it's, we're pretty much on schedule. We had a, <laughs> a successful Kickstarter uh, for it last year. Um, and uh, that's pretty much how we found the funds to, uh, to to get all the freelancers that helped us with the art and the music and the things that we can't do ourselves or can't do well. And okay. uh, yeah, so that's pretty much how we got our Frankenstein team together. Awesome. <laughs> That's really cool. That's Thank really you. Cool. So I, I guess um, you know, tell us a little bit about Heroes Never Lose, Professor Puzzler's perplexing ploy. 
Of course. Um, the idea. Do, do you have to say? Quick question before you actually talk about the game. Do you have to <laughs> yes. say the subtitle every time? Because I mean, it's, it's pretty fun to say, but I feel like you'd get a little, you know, tongue tired of it yeah, after a little while. Yeah, P four. Even the even the acronym is long. H N L P P P P. It's uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's no way around it. No, most people just call it Heroes Never Lose. Actually, a lot of people for some reason call it Heroes Never Die, and I'm not sure why. <laughs> oh, I see, I. I, I know exactly why. <laughs> why? Because why is... of, have you ever seen the movie The Sandlot? No. Okay, so that that is a fantastic movie about a bunch of kids from the seventies that that play baseball in a, a sandlot, and um, there's a a point where the kid has a dream about Babe Ruth, and Babe Ruth says to him, "Heroes never die, or no, uh, heroes get remembered, but legends never die." Remember that kid, and follow your heart, and you'll never go wrong. And I'm getting chill bumps right now just saying that, because that's a great movie. But I think that's why, because for whatever reason, Heroes Never Lose made me think of The Sandlot, because those heroes don't lose. That's amazing. Well, thank you for sharing that. You're I actually have never seen the movie. Oh, you should, oh it's the best. The baseball movie ever. Oh, Except God. for Field of Dreams. That, that's kind of tied up there. It's hard to beat that one. I have yeah. seen Fields of Green. That's, that's okay, really... good deal. But yeah, you, this is like, if not equal to it, like right beneath it. Like it's, it's pretty fantastic. Wow, that's amazing. It's well, okay, well, that explains that. It, even um, though the quote doesn't directly come from that because it's legends never die in that, but that's irrelevant. It's It's got to be that. There's no other explanation it, for it. Yeah, I can't think of other matters. <laughs> I mean, I Google searched heroes never die many times, and there's nothing specifically called that, so uh, I think your explanation is the best anyone has been able to offer so far. All right. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so basically the uh, idea for the slogan, and yes, of course, uh, you know, you can lose even if you pick a hero in the game. Uh, but the general idea is this is actually one of the, our uh, art director's motto in his life. And he actually used to say that a lot. He used to say, guys, we can't fail because heroes never lose. The fact that you choose to be a hero, you've already succeeded, whatever happens. Okay. So we loved his model so much that we actually named the game after it. When The name of the game was supposed to be Professor Puzzler's Perplexing Ploy, but, you know, just for the alliteration that comes from the comic book and things like that. But So we decided to just mash the two together, and we, we do that a lot. We just, like, mash two things that we like and uh, see what happens. Um, the, I, I, are you curious what Magic Pants means? Absolutely. Because <laughs> uh, everybody always... Uh, jumps to conclusions of the name uh, <laughs> but it's actually a comic book trope we um in comic like, uh, books magic pants there you go okay. how'd you know right. that's hey, amazing I, that's uh, you said comic books and that's the first pair of magic <laughs> pants that comes to my mind that's amazing yeah so <laughs> the basic idea is uh superhero costumes that survive transformations or effects that they're not supposed to just so that they cover the naughty bits the um, <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> there's no way Hulk's pants would normally survive, so they must be magic pants. So the idea is that you know we're resilient. There's no way we would have been able to pull, pull our resources together to finish a game with all our busy schedules, but somehow we pulled through. So that's where the name comes from. And the innuendo is something that's welcome anyway, so we don't <laughs> mind. <laughs> 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 so that's pretty much it. Uh, about the game itself, um, we're hardcore fans of fighting games, as we mentioned, and that was one of the first, uh, the, the, our first game that we worked on was that, and we're hardcore Capcom fans, and we play a lot of Street Fighter and things like that, and um, 
we also uh, were really hardcore fans of uh, action puzzlers like Tetris. And if, if you have to ask me what my two favorite games of all time are, it's probably Street Fighter 2 and Tetris. Um, and uh, Puzzle Fighter, when it, when it came out 18 years ago now, it was a dream come true. I couldn't believe it. It was the merger of two things that I loved very, very much. Um, so this is actually a love letter to action puzzlers in general, Puzzle Fighter and Puzzle Combat in specific, even though a lot of people haven't heard of Puzzle Combat, it's kind of like Puzzle Fighter, but with Mortal Kombat characters instead of uh, Street Fighter characters. And um, we are... Our innovation, what we wanted to bring to the table, is basically superpowers, and that, that, hence the superhero theme. Um, we have other characters planned, but so far the ones that are in the game are Natman, who adds armor to the uh, blocks on the other side, making them harder to break. Mm. Brain Freeze, who freezes them, and then they behave like Dr. Mario blocks. So they, they stick to the grid, they don't fall down anymore, making it harder for your opponent. Mm. Um, Firestarter, who burns them, removing their color, making them harder to break for that reason. Pronto, who makes him, he's a speedster. He's actually a pizza delivery guy who stops crime in between deliveries because he's super <laughs> fast. And he speeds up the blocks on the other side. Um, Gun Nut, who's incredibly accurate as long as you're shooting nuts. So he's going <laughs> to drop some nuts on your side. Uh, and there's um, Professor Puzzler himself who scrambles the blocks on the other side. And we have a few other characters planned that we want to uh, develop. We're honestly in no rush. We feel that the game right now is actually pretty complete. It doesn't need more. We want to do more. So okay. um, th there's online multiplayer and, and uh, there's a, the uh, local versus that works uh, perfectly. We've been playtesting and balancing uh, for the last four months, almost halting all other aspects of development because we wanted to have something solid that we could present. Mm -hmm. And we're actually really eager to get back into creating characters and game modes and other things that we find more fun than, you know, fixing bugs. Uh, mm -hmm. You can imagine, right? <laughs> A little bit. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so we have other, other characters like lightning powered characters and like uh animalistic characters and things like that planned and uh, honestly no joke we actually have designs for about 60 characters but there's no way we're gonna get to that that's gonna take us our entire lifetimes <laughs> but you know we have fun coming up with all these weird characters and it's, it's a love letter i guess to comic books as well because i'm like a huge comic book nerd sure and uh not and not just me but franco i mean he he doesn't own a t-shirt that doesn't have a superhero logo on it <laughs> so uh, so this is a, like, kind of a love letter to all the things we love, pretty much. Um, even our fighting game had a lot of this uh, as well. It had superheroes and supervillains as well. Some of the characters are in common. Firestarter and Brain Freeze actually survived the transition from fighting game to puzzle game. Yeah. Um, and the others are all new, made you know specifically for the game because we wanted the powers that would fit. And uh, yeah, I think I spoke too much. Unless you have any other yes. questions. <laughs> given given the so given the the base game is is this you know kind of uh, kind of dueling uh, dueling puzzle dueling Tetris um, fighter uh, you know a, a very Doctor Mario equivalent. I mean, the first thing I thought was completely Super Puzzle Fighter. So you guys are right on there. Um, how much actually goes on to, to to doing a character with oh. with the base already kind of as solid as it is. Okay, well, at this point, assuming like all the other designs are done, what we need is, do you start with the idea of a base mechanic that you want to do? Like, for example, let's say you want to have um, a character with magnetic powers, things that make blocks float and make it harder for your opponent. Um, the next step is to design the, the visual of the character. Um, so you need concept art. 
uh, that goes into that. Then we need a pixel artist to animate the character. Then um, we need our writer Morgan, who would who would write lines, and then we would uh, make a call for a voice actor to be able to to say said lines. Mm-hmm. Um, most of our characters have either their own stage or a stage that's kind of has some of their elements in it, so we could actually have two characters per stage so we need our, our Andrew to, uh, to to make a stage for a character or for two and um, then we have uh, uh, Sponge Muffin who's going to do our, our sound effects for the character and uh, then we would integrate the, uh, the the gameplay mechanics and then I would go in and balance them to make sure that they're not too strong or too weak compared to others and then Franco would go in and make sure that they work online because making something work locally and online is not the same thing the information that you send because this is split screen uh, gameplay but it's not really split screen it's one screen so yeah. you have to make sure that the information that's that the other person is, is seeing has to be actually sent and it doesn't have to create lag so there's that part that has to be taken care of and a lot of testing goes invo- is involved in that um, and uh, you know at some point during that Morgan's also writing the story of the character so it goes in the bio section and then we have a character <laughs> it's, uh, it's a lot of people who uh, get involved in the process of creating just one character right yeah. That absolutely. yeah, absolutely. That sounds like there's a, there's a, a ton of hats there, and especially for for someone who's not familiar with the process to to kind of look at that and go, well, why can't we just have you know like tons of characters? It's just a picture there. It's obviously a lot. It's a lot more in depth than it looks. Absolutely. You know, what would make it simpler is if we had characters that would share special abilities. Um, then you know it's just the art. There's no no need to have any coding really because I, I could integrate the, the the art and create a new character based on it. Um, mm-hmm. And then we would have just a voiceover and the art, and we're done. If 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 we keep the same power, let's say you want another ice based power, you pretty much copy brain freeze, change the art, and we're done. But that's Less interesting. I mean, there's room mm-hmm. for that. There's a lot of games that can do that, like uh, Street Fighter, for example, with Ken and Ryu, and they just do slight tweaks in between, and they consider them two separate characters. Well, mm-hmm. at least with the old iterations. With Street Fighter Five, they seem to be very different. So there is a little bit of room for uh, for archetypes, but we feel that there's so many other gameplay modes that we could... Instead, we have designs for more, so we haven't ran out of ideas yet. We don't need to, to go in that route yet, if ever. Okay. So, so what other kind of um, modes do you have in, in mind besides kind of the, the classic, you know, dual Tetris screens with, with blocks falling? <laughs> we actually wanted to do a survival mode. And the difference between a survival mode and other modes is that your blocks, when you defeat your opponent, your blocks um, on your grid would stay and then the next opponent would come in. So it's like a, a single player mode. We actually came up with a few technical issues with that because uh, things that normally wouldn't happen in arcade mode or in versus mode all of a sudden start happening and we didn't have any code for that. Like, for example, if your opponent before froze your blocks and then the next one burned them, what is the interaction between the fire blocks and the ice blocks? Um, and that, that th- those are design issues that have to be solved and they could create bugs. So it's still on the, on the docket. It's still something we want to work on and we feel it's going to be a lot of fun because it'll add pressure. You know, you have to save your super bar because, and, and don't waste it on this guy. Can you beat it without him? Save it for the next character, etc. Um, we also want to do a story mode. We want to do one really badly where we have individual uh, stories and dialogues between all the characters and it's uh, instead of being arcade mode where you're randomly matched up with different people and always face Professor Puzzler at the end. It's actually each 
person, uh, each character will have a different character as their last boss. Hmm. Uh, so Professor Puzzle, for example, might face off against Natman, and they have dialogue in between and their own ending and, and beginning. It's a lot of work, but we want to do it at least one character at a time. Maybe not all characters will have a story mode initially, um, but like I said, we're not in a hurry, so however long it takes, it doesn't matter. It's a labor of love, and we're going to get there. Um, so those are the two major modes. Other than that, we wanted to have a tournament mode to make it easy for people to set up tournaments. Just basically enter how many players and it does the round robin tree for you. Then something similar but a league mode where it's the same thing but instead of uh, um, it's either round robin or you have a choice of maybe having brackets. So you know, hmm. that's that a single elimination or double elimination or things like that. Which isn't very hard to code but it's hard to design because you have to make something that's intuitive that everyone understands and that you have to find labels for the characters. Are they you know, going to be color based? Is it name based? How is it going to random? things like that so coming up with a good design is actually more complicated than than the coding part of that but it's still you know it takes time but these are all things that we have planned um plan doesn't mean we'll actually get to them anytime soon but you know it's on the docket yeah very cool thank you Very, very cool um, so I guess um, for for anybody that doesn't know what an action puzzler is or a puzzle fighter, uh, can you explain kind of the the basic mechanics uh, of the game and what you're you're doing? Of course. Well, um, actually, action puzzler is very broad of uh, a category. A lot of games fall into that. Basically, any a puzzle is anything that you could solve. Um, and uh, action is basically anything that's not time-based. So generally, if you look at it that way, um, like Portal is an action puzzler because you know <laughs> there are puzzles that you have to solve, and you know you're, it's not ti- it's not turn-based. It's uh, it's cons- it's time-based. Sure. Um, but in a similar way that. Um, Shaun of the Dead, for example, is a horror movie where it's not really a horror movie by genre, but it's a horror movie by theme. Um, action puzzler can also be, the puzzle part of it can also be anything that has puzzle pieces or, or blocks, even if it's not solvable. Mm. That's why Tetris is considered an action puzzler, but the puzzle part of in Tetris, it, it's not, it, Tetris is not solvable. It can go on forever. So instead, it's thematically a puzzler because it has blocks. And the, the subgenre of uh, of uh, game that Tetris belongs to, and that you know Puzzle Fighter and Heroes Never Lose and other games belong to, is actually called the either dropping block or falling block puzzler. And um, that's basically Dr. Mario falls into this, and Columns falls into this, and Luminous, and uh, all those games where literally blocks are falling, and you have mm-hmm. to do something, uh, and it it can't be. Uh, turn-based. So Bejeweled would not be a falling block action puzzler. Bejeweled is a turn-based puzzler. So um, that's pretty much what it is. So anytime you have a grid and blocks coming down, uh, however you interact with it doesn't really matter. It's still considered a a falling block puzzler. A good example of this is, uh, uh, I think it's called Puzzle Platformer. It's a really great game where you're actually playing a little character who's platforming around blocks that are falling on top of him, and he has to shoot them. But it's still, it still counts. Thematically, it's still a falling <laughs> block puzzler. It's a great game. I really recommend it. It's one of my favorite little indie gems. Um, but yeah, so that's pretty much it. We're a falling block puzzler, but nobody knows that term. This is a term that's used kind of between designers. So <laughs> we go gotcha. by action puzzler. But action puzzler, you know, so many games fall into that category. Sure, it's just sure. so broad. Sorry, uh, I'm going into <laughs> that's, that is all game right. design mode. Oh no, no, that's fine. Now I, I just great. want to say that I've I've watched 
games done quick, and I have seen the end of Tetris, and it is hell. <laughs> uh, end the, of Tetris. I the master, if you, if you ever get the chance to watch, um, especially as a, an action puzzler enthusiast, um, <laughs> watching the, uh, I, I want to say it's like Master, master Tetris, and the guys who play it, um, both on the Japanese side and on the American side, um, it is a truly amazing thing. Uh, they, they, as they go up in these like thousand levels or the the thousand lines that they have to complete, um, eventually it gets to the point where uh, the blocks do not drop anymore. They are, they simply appear where they are going to go. Yeah, that's and so they're moving that along, and then the final the final step in like getting like the grandmaster title is solving an invisible game of Tetris while the credits are coming down. I can't even imagine. Yeah, it, it is the <laughs> the most insane thing to watch because this guy plays it on like a fighting game joystick and it it so mind blowing. You ever get the chance to see it, most of the time they do a, a big thing during one of the games done quick shows in like the the winter or the summer. Uh, definitely take like the half an hour that they do, and it's it is such a masterclass in like things that I will never ever do. Now I have something to watch while I'm working tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, look it up. They, it's the craziest thing in the world. Thank you. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> That's I'm scared now, Brian. Thanks. That it, just it, sounds should, sounds it terrifying. This, <laughs> it is totally terrifying, and just like the thought of. I've played, having played Tetris before, and having you know, having spent some time with Super Puzzle Fighter, uh, even having spent like you know half an hour today before this playing Heroes Never Lose. Um, they they are exciting. They they are kind of uh, like you know kind of teeth gritting when you're trying to make sure that you're you're kind of getting all of your connections and building the big uh, kind of the big gems so that you can kind of have everything go down at once. Um, but watching somebody just know where the blocks are at the top and then see them not even fall but just appear at the bottom it is it it Mm. changes the way you look at those types of games (laughs) i can't imagine i really can't i I mean i'm pretty good at these games right i especially the one i made myself of course sure Uh, yeah that makes sense (laughs) uh but actually my sister destroys me she's just (laughs) above and beyond me in these so and she's not as good as you described so i can't even imagine how yeah it's it's it is a crazy it is a crazy other level that's amazing. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's pretty funny. That's that's pretty great. Um, so I, I guess um, now that we have defined what Heroes Never Lose is, can you explain what type of game this is to somebody that's never played uh, Puzzle Fighter or, or something like that? Okay, um, <laughs> <laughs> that's getting a little tricky because usually you have a reference point to explain games. Sure. Most games are. Ex- explained by this meets that uh, to gamers. Uh, But basically, what it would be is um, a... How do I I describe this? This, uh, It's a superhero-themed puzzle game, I guess, even for someone who doesn't know what Tetris is? That's well, like, no, so I, I assume everybody knows what Tetris is. Okay, okay, let's assume that. Right. So the, the basic idea is that you have blocks coming down on your side, um, and some blocks are normal blocks, and other blocks are breakers. Uh, breakers will break the normal blocks of the same color when they're positioned on top of them, and that mm-hmm. sends them on the other side with armor that counts down from 5 to 0, and then becomes regular blocks as well. Um, while this is happening, every time you break blocks in certain configurations, like if you form 
a big super block, or if you do chains, a chains is like a combo of uh, of blocks that break uh, before you get another turn. Uh, that fills up your super bar or sends more blocks over the other side. So you have two different ways you can play it. You could either try to um, bury your opponent really quickly or you could try to trigger your super ability really quickly. And this depends on which character your opponent has, what strategy they're using, etc. Uh, so people who look at the grid of their opponents have a, a very big advantage because they, they could see, oh, he's piling them up high so he could send down a big wave. So I'm going to like bury him in block so he doesn't he's not able to for example or oh he's trying to get his super and his super works this way so i'm going to build my blocks this way to counter his ability um so yeah you have a super bar that fills up and then you can trigger those abilities and as i mentioned before each character has their own uh, special ability and that creates the the variety of uh, of gameplay that, that that's possible okay <laughs> I can go on, but I mean, it gets to really small details. At that point, it's uh, <laughs> probably better to try it or to watch a video and see what it's about. Sure, sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Very cool. Um, now, one of the things that um, it, I, I watched the, the Kickstarter video from what you guys did, uh, I guess, about a year ago now. That's um, right. And uh, at some point in the video, it was mentioned that, you know, you really, you really loved this style of game and there hadn't been any real advancements. Um, in it since, you know, for, I guess, 10, 15, 20 years, something like that. Uh, so what, what are you, what are you kind of bringing to the table besides kind of the aesthetics of, of superheroes to, to make heroes never lose, um, you know, what, what stand it is, up. I guess. Yeah. Stand out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the basic idea is that most of these action puzzlers, they're, uh, symmetrical gameplay. So the idea is to bring matchups to the table. Like for example, puzzle fighter. Um, both characters have different patterns that they drop on the other side, and that's that's great. But generally, you're still playing the same game. So what we wanted is a game of uh, that. That forces the player to react to the opponent. Uh, I, I might have misspoke when I said that there have been no advancements because there have been. There have been some good action puzzlers, um, but they're very rare. Like for example, Meteos on on the uh, DS was an amazing puzzler where you add little rockets to the blocks and you send them over to the other side and they make them floaty and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's really great and it was a great innovation. Uh, it and but that game like it came out on the DS I believe ten years ago. And uh, between that and, and now, there's the Super Puzzle platformer. And everything else has been either a rehash of Tetris, which I love, and I buy all the rehashes, so I don't want to sound hypocritical here, but still, they're just variations on Tetris. Um, and slight variations, of course. It's pretty much the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, or there's sequels, like there's a Dr. Luigi that came out, which is pretty much Dr. Mario, but the blocks are L-shaped now. And it's great. It's actually fun. And it's a good idea. I'm not, I'm not knocking it at all. But it's still Dr. You're still playing Dr. Mario. And right. there's nothing wrong with that. It's just, you know. So we we, we didn't want to, like, recreate uh, or reinvent the wheel, as, as they say. That, that wasn't really the in, intention. Uh, but the idea is just to bring something fresh and new to the table for people who are fans of these genres and want to try something new. We feel that... Uh, having the superpowers uh, will bring the, will make the game a little bit more exciting and fresh. Every time a new character is introduced, it's not, oh, new character and this is a, their pattern, but more like a new character and look at all the different kinds of gameplay. That What, what does that mean, really? So, you know, tier lists uh, similar to fighting games could, could, be, could be spawned from this um, and, and things of the like. So it's mostly just that. The superpower uh, themes, uh, but each character that's introduced, it's almost as if he's a game on its own because that character, that mechanic that the character brings could have been 
its own game. Imagine like we could have made a, a Heroes Never Lose where everybody's a brain freeze and that's just a mechanic. You press the button and it freezes the blocks on the other side. So the innovation is really, uh, the idea is to, 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 to take these gameplay mechanics that could have been their own games and to attach them to individual characters and have them play in the same sandbox. Mm-hmm. Very cool. For better or worse. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's also extremely hard. The more asymmetrical your characters get, the harder it is to balance. Sure. And sure. Uh, of course, like I'm, I'm one person playing with a few playtesters. It's impossible to get get it right on the first shot. That's what we're hoping for more people to play. And we have a lot of things, uh, a lot of uh, code in the background um, that uh, basically counts how many people, how many times certain characters are chosen, uh, what are their win ratios, and things like that for online play. And mm-hmm. we're hoping to use that information to help us balance the characters as well. If the same characters are picked, chosen too many times, maybe the, their power is a little bit too strong, or if they're winning too many times, not chosen necessarily. If they're chosen, maybe they're just popular, and uh, we need to fix the other characters a little bit to make them more popular or so forth and so on. So we have all these metrics uh, that come into play to try to improve it. Mm-hmm. How, how do you go about balancing what happens on the grid versus what happens between the two characters? Because I spend, normally when I'm playing these types of games, I spend so much time focused on what I'm doing <laughs> puzzle-wise yes. that all of the cool stuff they're doing you know, move-wise kind of passes me by. Oh, but to be quite fair, the characters are not really for the player. The characters in the back that are doing these animations are really for any spectators. Same thing with the background. Your your real focus should be on the blocks uh, and on the uh, the grid itself and your opponent's grid whenever possible. Uh, now, once in a while, you can kind of take a break. Like when you set up a chain, uh, any chain reaction, you're not given control back until the chain is completed. Or if you're breaking up a big block, there's a huge chain of blocks that are breaking one after the other. So in those times, Times we trigger the the specials of your character when they're hitting their opponents, um, mm. so that will give you pause to take a look and you know enjoy it. But m- really, it's uh, <laughs> the basic idea is that you're supposed to be looking at your blocks and your grids. The the rest is eye candy. Oh, good. Okay, so I'm playing it right. Actually, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Don't, don't get distracted. I was worried when all that stuff is there. I'm like, well, yeah, I can't pay attention to any of that stuff. I'm busy trying to make this huge thing go away. That's right. That's the idea. But hopefully whoever's watching you play is going to be able to enjoy those. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> that is, uh, that's pretty good. So um, you, you mentioned that you would like to introduce um, a story, but I imagine as you kind of develop these characters, they, they have a backstory and you've kind of got some stuff rattling around in your head so it it seems like natman is the the main hero here versus (laughs) professor puzzler so can can you kind of give us the the down low on on these two characters and uh of course yeah how how all this conflict has been going (laughs) heroes never lose takes place in a world where everybody has uh, a quirk Let's, you could call it a power, you could call it a mutation, you could call it whatever, but everybody in the world is born with something that makes them special. Um, if you look at the background characters, uh, some of them are even, they look grotesque or they look deformed. Others, they look normal and you can't tell what they are, and their abilities are probably completely harmless. Uh, like they could turn, I don't know, uh, paper to stone or something that, you know, they could start a business <laughs> with, but they can't really use in a fight, really. Uh, and uh, so Natman is actually one of the rare people who haven't developed a power yet, and they're not sure if they're going to develop a power. But he wants to be a hero really badly, a a position that's usually reserved for people who actually have powers that that would help them become heroes. Um, So Natman is actually the 
anti-hero, but in a different sense. You know, the wannabe hero. Uh, he uh, basically, uh, that girl is the real deal. She has electric-based powers, and she stings with them. And even though gnats don't sting, it's a play. Uh, it's a little. It's it's an inside joke of an inside joke, but it's like a, the wasp. How she sh- uh, shoots stings, and they're like, they look like an energy blast, and it doesn't really make sense. So that girl is kind of like our wasp. Sure. Um, okay. And that man wanted really badly to be her partner, so he dresses as a gnat, and you know picks up the same colors and uh, goes on his way to, to try to, solve, to, to fight crime. But he's kind of utterly useless. He throws a boomerang and hits the heroes <laughs> on the head. And, <laughs> and uh, that's the funny thing is because his power is uh, at the same time one of the most useless but also one of the most broken in terms of how good it is. Because he adds armor on the blocks on the other side. Um, adding armor, if the other player, all, all they have to do is drop five blocks and they're gone because it ticks down from five to zero. Um, but at the same time, if you're good with Natman, then you could finish off the opponent really easily. So it's like beating someone with Natman is like an insult. It's like, I can even beat you with this guy. But under normal circumstances, uh, evenly matched players... No one should take that man. He's, he's, his power is a finisher. Because if you are able to bring the blocks all the way up to the other side and then trigger your, your superpower, then there's nothing they can do. The, the, they'll have armor and they have to wait five turns, but five turns will kill them. So that's kind of the the twist on Natman. Uh, I won't lie to you. The main character wasn't supposed to be Natman. It kind of gravitated toward that because everyone assumed it. But the main character was supposed to be Brain Freeze. And um, that's why in our poster, if you look, Brain Freeze is front and center. <laughs> and uh, Natman is kind of like on the side. Uh, but so I is Natman kind of like the, the Dan? Of... Exactly. <laughs> that's the reference. I didn't know how well you knew Puzzle Fighter or Street Fighter, but yes, Natman is our Dan. Nice, uh, okay. <laughs> and uh, Brain Freeze is supposed to be the main character. And uh, actually, we, we have a... I'm not sure if I'm allowed to talk about it, but we have a cameo in another game, and they asked us who our main character is, and you said Brain Freeze. And so Brain Freeze is going to be in another indie fighting game at some point. Oh. Uh, because he really was meant to be our main character. But a lot of people kind of relate with Natman, so he kind of got pushed there and you know let the people decide who they like more right sure so uh we kind of let that happen but initially all our marketing everything had brain freeze front and center and that man in the background hmm. uh, professor puzzler uh, as uh, this is a little bit of a spoiler so i don't know if you want me to say it or not but uh i don't know I'm, I'm, I'm fine with it all right so <laughs> i guess depending on what the spoiler is we can always edit it in post it'll all probably right. still be there though yeah well <laughs> The main idea of, uh, of the story mode is that Professor P- Puzzler's ploys, he figured out a way to swap anything anywhere with blocks. So he's stealing all the world's landmarks, and in their place are a big pile of blocks. Uh, <laughs> so when he's actually shooting blocks from his guns when he's playing, and these blocks that are falling down, they're thematically representative of these blocks that he's throwing at you that you're stuck with. Uh, so you see, uh, for example, the, the and a lot of the backgrounds that we have planned to come out later, uh, you'll see, uh, for example, a Statue of Liberty, uh, you know, replaced with a big, huge pile of blocks of where it should be and things, uh, things along those lines. Um, so that's his uh, perplexing ploy, and that's what he's trying to get away with, this, uh, this uh, thievery. If you actually get to him in arcade mode, you'll see in his background... Uh, he's, it's a huge lab, massive lab, with all the world, world's landmarks piled up on the side, because that's where he put them. That's where he, that's how he's stealing them. Gotcha. So that's his thing. That's and everyone is well, not everyone, because there are villains there too. Firestarter is actually a girl. Not many people realize this, um, but uh, there's an interesting love 
uh, triangle between her and Brain Freeze, where they work in the same office, and the level that you see that's on fire is actually the office they used to work in, in Box Tech. It's also the rooftop level. The words Box Tech are there backwards, so it's th- that is the, the same building. And uh, hmm. she used to be the HR lady who um, works for a crazy boss who kept telling her to fire people until she, you know, did it literally <laughs> and uh, set the place on fire and not knowing that brain freeze um, who actually his real name is Kelvin Zero is a super powered brain freeze he comes on the scene and stops her but Firestarter um, you know her name is Farah and Height uh, yeah Fahrenheit <laughs> nice. she uh, yeah she uh, basically is in love with uh, Kelvin Kelvin is in love with with Kelvin slash brain freeze is in love with fire Firestarter, but he has to stop her. So this is weird love triangle because they don't know each other's secret identities that's going on there. Okay. Um, yeah. So that, but she's a villain because she's our pyromaniac who just, you know, every time she loses her temper, sets everything on fire. Um, Pronto is actually Pronto Jr. He's a son of Pronto Sr. And uh, the, the son of Pronta senior as well who's his mom and they all have super super speed it kind of runs in the family and they have pronto's pizzeria if you look at that stage you'll see his super speed uh, sister pronta sorry junior who's running around weighing tables really fast and his father's in the background making pizzas really fast you don't see his mom because she's planned to be a character at some point so (laughs) you're gonna have uh, hopefully pronta senior uh, as a playable character, if, you know, if we could, if we get to her, which she's gonna have an interesting twist on uh, on uh, the super speed ability because she's also super strong. Mm. Uh, he's just super fast, so he, you know, he's a delivery guy. Stops crime in between. And am I missing anyone? Yeah, Gunnut is actually a vigilante. He's, he aim. He has uh, perfect aim with nuts, so he has specially made guns that only shoot nuts and uh, bazookas that shoot walnuts and the like. And, uh, yeah, he, he, he's actually on nobody's side. So in the story mode, he's going to have... Uh, a sp- uh, I don't want to spoil who his villain is, because that's kind of the surprise for the characters. Okay. Uh, but his last boss is going to be interesting. Cool. Yeah, yeah so that's about it. <laughs> for the existing <laughs> characters, at least. Sorry, gotcha. I could go on, but I, I, I'm not going to. That's, that, I think that's enough. <laughs> that's all right. That's, that's great. That's awesome. <laughs> so, yeah, we've given a lot of thought. We have a whole world, and every character... In, in the background stages has a long story and we have mu- many, many, many characters. Like in the rooftop stages, Captain Awesome in the background and he's like our Superman XP, um, except he's like really terrible at being Superman. Like he's looking over his city and not seeing any crime, but on one rooftop you have the fight with the grids, you know, the actual fight between the hero and villain. And if you mm-hmm. look carefully on another rooftop, you have another fight between heroes and villains and he's just oblivious to it all. <laughs> um, and this is like, so we, we put a lot of attention to detail. Um, some of the stages we have right now aren't, 100% finished. We want to add a few characters to them, but um, that's what early access is for. So we're going to have time to to inject them with a little bit more life and a little bit more story. Sure, sure. Excellent. Very cool. Now, um, as we mentioned kind of earlier, you guys uh, successfully completed your Kickstarter a year ago. Um, right. What what kind of stuff did that allow you to do? What what did that help you do as far as you know the, the, this past year of of working on the game? Well, we've been financing it ourselves. Okay. Uh, so all the freelancers, or we're actually doing a lot of things ourselves. Like the original menu art, the ugly menu art was me. 
who did it. So I was able to actually get uh, a UI artist to, to redo that and make it much, much better. We're, uh, we were able to commission music from professional musicians. Um, I mean, no disrespect to my friends who lent us their tunes, but we wanted something that was, you know, of a higher caliber. Um, we also wanted to, to have more characters. Uh, at that point, we was either wait months at a time for each character before we could put the money together to be able to commission a pixel artist of a high caliber and do all their animations or do a Kickstarter so we could fast-track that and have all the money sitting, waiting, so that uh, we don't have to dip into our own pockets too much. We still do, because to be honest, what we want to do and what we promise for the Kickstarter are two different things. Uh, we want to push the game way further than, than our promise, but of course we're going to fulfill our promise first and then go further. Okay. Uh, but it allowed us to do that. So it allowed us to add modes. Uh, online mode was was not really uh, um, intended. We promised it at the Kickstarter because if the Kickstarter was successful, then online is, is all of a sudden possible. But mm -hmm. if we didn't have a Kickstarter, it was very possible we would not have spent the time on online because online is a big undertaking. And uh, it, it takes away... like. And then we, we have to, had to get, after the Kickstarter, a second programmer to take some of the stress off Franco. We had uh, Vincent who came into the project uh, to take some of the, the workload from Franco so he could focus on the online mode. So right. uh, basically just allowed the game to be much bigger and to move faster. This is still pretty much a hobbyist project if you really consider that we both have full-time jobs. Um, so in that respect, it's not that it wasn't a make it or break it. It was just a make it much better. Sure. Very cool. Thank you. <clears throat> so I, I guess what what's kind of your, your goal for launching into early access now? The idea is that we want to finish um, the uh, adding three more characters at the very minimum, which is uh, the the minimum that we promised at the Kickstarter, mm -hmm. and adding at least one more stage, having the story mode added, and then having it become a full release. And at that point, uh, we'll consider the promise served, and we'll start working on the Wii U version and splitting the team where one team is going to be adding more characters and just doing fun stuff, and the other team that's making versions for different consoles. Okay. So we have the, at least a Wii U. We're not sure where we're going to go after that, but at least the Wii U is uh, is on the docket. And eventually, we want to make mobile versions and things, you know, for people to take on the go. Uh, but that is going to require a redesign because the game is not intended to be played by by swiping. But it is very very possible to do so. We just have to come up with a new design, maybe a new grid, make the grid of the player bigger and the grid of the opponent smaller, things like that. Like it it, it takes some work. Okay. All right. All right. Well, Brian, do you have any more questions before we go into the yeah, end no, game? You, you covered everything while my dogs were barking, so that was <laughs> that, that, that was fantastic. <laughs> uh, but no, no, it sounds it sounds excellent. I got to play some today, and it was uh, it, it's a really it's a really neat tech and I, take, and I like the art style. So hopefully this this ends up going pretty far because we we do we absolutely need more puzzle fighters in our life. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's very it has been far. Far too long since a good one was out. So, yeah, there's only so much uh, Super Puzzle Fighter or like Tetris Gaiden you can go back to uh, before you need something else. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah, no problem. But uh, yeah, we so we like to end with a little bit of a questionnaire. Um, we call it the End Game. Uh, and and like uh, like we told you at the beginning, but we didn't tell anybody else, even though I'm sure they've listened to a hundred of these so far. Oh, how many are we at, Jonathan? I I don't know. I don't count. We're up there. until <laughs> I'm I'm making the. The actually editing everything up. There's a whole bunch of these. Yeah, there's uh, 90 so gonna, or so, something, yeah, something like, that. like that. It's good. I don't know. It's a high number. 
Yeah. All right. Um, or over over a hundred now? I don't know. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> really, I don't count. I hate math. <laughs> Uh, but they're they're aimed more at you than uh, than at heroes never lose or at the company or at Magic Pants themselves. This is one hundred and nine. Okay, there you go. See, look at that. That's impressive. We're solid, yeah, we're almost a solid one ten. That's great. That's amazing. Uh, but so uh, yeah, I know, right? Yeah, <laughs> we don't even have Magic Pants. This is fantastic. <laughs> Are you wearing pants? I don't. Uh, yeah, to, uh, right now I am. Oh, Batman pants, so I guess they're kind of magical, but yeah, they do what they do. <laughs> Uh, but so, so question number one, um, yes. as we start this out every time, uh, who is your favorite video game protagonist? Oh, that's a very good question. Can I have a second to think about it? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think it would have to be Samus. Okay. Because uh, one of my favorite games of all time is uh, Super Metroid. So uh, I can't really think of anybody who uh, I like more, right now at least. That's fine. On short notice, Samus is a great... Even on not short notice, that Samus is a fantastic answer to that question. Thank you. Um, and, and, super, and nobody will ever fault you for liking Super Metroid. So. No, of course not. Um, question number two, we're going to flip the coin on that one. Who's your favorite antagonist? Who's your oh. favorite bad, bad person? Antagonist. Sephiroth from Final Fantasy VII. Mm. Oh, all right. Solid oh, pick. can I change my uh, answer to Kefka from Final Fantasy VI? You absolutely can always change your answer. <laughs> then Kefka, Kefka final is answer. my answer, and I will. Always Brian would not let you do it the other way around. But <laughs> if you wanted to go Kefka to Sephiroth, we'd have to have some words. But anybody to Kefka is a logical step up. Uh, Kefka, actually, Kefka was what came to mind, and I said Sephiroth. I don't know why. Let's let's stick with that. <laughs> Sephiroth is probably the most common answer we get yeah. for that. Um, Kefka's pretty close. He may be number two. Yeah, um, for good reason. They're both very memorable characters. Yeah. Indeed. All right, Indeed. Anyway. Totally. Uh, question number three. Uh, it, what what would you say is like a, a trend in video games today that's that's not as prolific as you'd like it to be? Something that you'd like to see kind of grow and expand more than it already is? Besides Puzzle Fighters. <laughs> Which obviously you were doing your damnedest to make sure happens. <laughs> Um, I actually like uh, I, I know this might be strange coming from a narrative designer but uh, I would like to see more stories that don't have linear uh, sorry more more games that don't have linear stories I'd like to have games where the story is emergent and it comes out, out of the player um, I think th that's more fun and I think the medium is, is better suited for that so uh, a, a good example of that would be a game like Gone Home where it doesn't it kind of directs you at certain times but the story is just what happens through all these random mechanics that are thrown together and that's what you experience and that's your story um it's kind of how i play games like far cry for example i could care less for the actual objectives and the the story of the missions but i just love walking around and seeing random encounters and telling my own story of i was about to shoot him and then you know the tiger jumped from behind i didn't know he was there and then i was happy and then the tiger chased me and th that that's the kind of story that i find games do really well the story of, of the player's experience so i'd like to see more of that games that focus on that and have kind of a um a uh, procedurally generated story, if that's even possible, or like story through mechanics more than linear story. Uh, linear stories are, are still great, but I mean, there's plenty of those. So, sure, yeah. <laughs> 
I it, some of my favorite stories are talking about Just Cause Two, and so I'm yeah. I'm super excited to be able to tell people about the crazy things I did in Just Cause Three here soon. <laughs> that's amazing. That's that's exactly that's, what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> that that cannot get here soon enough. It, it is it is time for Rico to blow things up again. <laughs> uh, c- question number four um, yes. also flips the coin. Um, what would be a trend or a trope that you'd like to see just go away completely? Okay, uh, free to play gaming, and uh, I know it's a mean thing to say because I know some games do it right, but so many games do it badly that I would just like that to kind of die, uh, either die or for the industry to just say no to certain ones. Because free to play, the way it's designed now, focusing on uh, whales and not on the the majority of the players to be profitable, it just creates games that are not very satisfactory and they just exploit people who uh, in the same way that gambling can you know the, the casinos can exploit people who have uh, issues with gambling um, and it, there's the focus isn't on fun anymore the focus really is on monetizing and I understand that of course as someone who works in the gaming industry I understand the value of making money but the trend itself uh, pushed designers I believe in the wrong direction uh, instead of focusing on how do we get the player to have the best experience so they could speak about the game so we could sell more and ma- therefore make more money that way to how do we get the player to come back later and spend a dollar at this point and uh, the fun doesn't even play into the equation anymore it's more like how do we annoy them enough but not too much and I've, I like that trend to end that uh, yeah absolutely do not Absolutely. Of course, um, there are games that do it right, like League of Legends. Uh, totally, League of Legends, um, Dota. Exactly. Uh, you know the the Marvel heroes. Exactly. Um, they're they're real good examples out there of games that are totally doing it right. Exactly. Um, and you know, hopefully one day they will outweigh the ones that are just are just out to kind of fleece you. Yeah, unfortunately, I don't see that happening simply because the ones that are that can do it right these days, they need to start with a very hu- big install base. So uh, it it's not yeah, anyway, you never know. You never know. Hopefully, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, question number five. Yes. Um, you're kind of already living your dream. Um, yes. You know, making games, uh, yes. doing doing the good the good the good work. As That's right. Um, <laughs> If you had the chance, the opportunity, no restrictions, is there any other profession you'd like to try? That's a good question. I've never been asked that. Um, how about comic book writer? How about comic yeah. book writer? Definitely. I would absolutely love to try my hand at that. Uh, that, that may be a first for that one. That's, oh, good. That's good. I'll take it. <laughs> what were the other ones? What are the most popular answers? Um, I... I don't know. I would say that there are very many popular answers. As we've had a couple good ones. We had um, somebody wanted to play in a metal band. Wow, that's good. And that was fantastic. Of course. Um, and then, oh, man. And, and then I think my favorite one of all time uh, was somebody wanted to manufacture bike frames. <laughs> yeah. That, that was... is amazing. That is amazing. That okay. I was actually here really recently. We thought that was Obsidian. Yeah, it was like it, it had to be like two or three weeks ago. But it yeah. was such a specific. Like he had already wow. he had already taken a course on how to actually make them and shape them. Yep. And it was like that. It was such a specific answer that it was so so fantastic. I love it. I hope he gets what he wants. Yeah, totally. Yeah. You know, he's already <laughs> or made. She, so like, or she. Uh, no, it was, it was a he. He's uh, one of the the head uh, head lead designers for Obsidian. 
Wow. Yeah. And so he will definitely, you know, have a chance to, to do whatever it is that he yeah, wants to do. And if it's make bike frames, then hey, it's make bike frames. Wow. Well, well more power to him. That's it. Hopefully you get the chance also to write some comics, man. Oh, yeah. That's great. <laughs> Thank you. This is your way in. You just yeah. slide in behind that man. You never know, maybe. To the bank. <laughs> um, if you had, next question. If you had the chance um, to go back and play any game for the first time, what would it be? Wow. How about Castlevania Symphony of the Night? Oh. That's a great I answer. Absolutely love that game. And I play it once a year, religiously, but I'd really <laughs> love to play it for the first time. Because right now I know yeah. so many exploits and so many secrets. It's, you know, it's fine. It's great. I still enjoy it. But, man, to, to, not, to unlearn that, to unlearn that there's 200% in the game and more, yeah. wow, I can't even imagine. To, to, to get the castle to flip for the first time and be, exactly. oh god, I gotta do it upside down? What? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, there's a there's a whole lot there. Oh man. Excellent excellent answer. Um, final question. Yes. This is, this is how we'll we'll take it out. Um, at the end of our lives, uh, when we come to the gates of the Mushroom Kingdom and Toad <laughs> is waiting with the Book of Our Deeds, uh, what would you like him to say to you before he lets you in? How about Heroes Never Lose? <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> Fair a little enough. bit of a forced answer. I hope I like. No, that's okay. I like that because it's, it's still kind of ambiguous. Is yeah. calling you a hero? What you know? What's what? Where does that? Where does that go? But yes, no. Excellent, excellent work. Good job Thank bringing you. it back home, Jonathan. Finish it off. <laughs> well, Osama, thank you so much for joining us tonight and talking about Heroes Never Lose, the or, uh, Professor Puzzler's perplexing ploy. I could barely say that. Good lord. Uh, <laughs> if you could send us out by letting our listeners know where they can go to find out more information about the game. Of course, you could go to www.heroesneverlose.com. Uh, we're on Steam now, so you could also type Heroes Never Lose on Steam to find us easily. And uh, honestly, I just wanted to thank you guys for having me. I had a lot of fun. I think we would, if we didn't live so far from each other, I think we could be really good friends. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. I think that's the, the nicest compliment that we've gotten here in a while. So uh, thank you again. It was, it was great talking to you. And uh, good luck as you guys kind of continue developing the game and, and get feedback from from gamers uh wish you the <clears throat> excuse me wish you the best of luck thank you take care